Hello, hello, hello. My name is Reverend Monika Bowman. And I am Dr. Aisha Francis. And this is the Chili, Chili Grits Podcast. Podcast. And we are so elated that you have decided to join us today. Um, we have been exploring so many sayings, um, from our upbringing in the South that has shaped our leadership. And so that's the theme of Chili Grits Podcast is to take all of those things that have shaped us and share that experience with you. Yes. And learn together. And learn together yeah. because what we've discovered on this journey with each other is that, you know, all sayings are not understood the same way True. and not even said the same way yes. based on where you are in the South. And some of those sayings aren't even necessarily quote unquote Southern or originated there. Mm -hmm. But as Aisha said in our first episode, um, it's the South in my house. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> if it's said in my house, it, I call it, it it's Southern. It's from the South. So we love it. So listen, we have been exploring uh, different different ideas and, and concepts and different sayings. And so today's saying is is one that uh, resonates with, with Manika. So what's the saying of the day? Yeah, so I I grew up saying this or, or heard it around me. It's how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. A dime and a nickel. See, I haven't heard that one. Oh, <laughs> that's the add-on. <laughs> No, that's how I learned it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know that version. How to See? stretch a dime and a nickel. Oh, okay. Is there another variation of this? There might be there lots, be, but yes. that's the one I know. Like, how do you stretch a dime and a nickel, which is the same thing. How do you yes, make a dollar out, out of 15, 15 cents? cents. Or make a dollar holla. Have you heard that one before? No. Okay. <laughs> but I've heard, um, wait a minute, there's one that has to do with pennies. Um, something like somebody's gonna know this I hope it's like something squeeze a something to the buffalo hollers it's oh, like from buffalo, buffalo nickels yes, or yes, something yes, like that yes. so I think it's from that so similarly so, like how you pinch penny pinchers yes those kinds of terms so but, clearly there's lots of variations there are <laughs> of this saying yes. but I'll just give you a little insights on where I heard this mm -hmm. um so there is a song by the great um Ma not Master P I'm, I'm switching up rap artists don't judge me out there for all <laughs> the people it's Tupac yes, pop. listen don't judge me please don't judge me <laughs> so it was Tupac no judgment song. yes mm -hmm. and so it was a part of one of the lyrics to his song but where I grew up in Louisiana there is a rapper by the name of Master P yes there is and it's it a good was, businessman too yes yes mm -hmm. shout out to Master P shout I don't know Master if you ever P. listened to this but this man was revolutionary yes. right so where I grew up in Louisiana Louisiana. So I remember getting like the burn CDs mm -hmm. um, because the people would like sell out of the trunk out of the trunk to the beauty salon. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so this is before he blew up. Uh -huh. um, and so he's from New Orleans and I'm from Lake Charles. And, you know, his music was just it was just so amazing. Yeah. Right. And so it's been interesting. He was a businessman that chose not to sign with the with the record yep. label. Went out on his own. He did and he built his own empire. Mm -hmm. um, and so there was this song that it was a part of his lyric and it was you know when it's the chorus of a song it's like repeated how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. How to mm -hmm. make a dollar out of 15 cents. Um, and so of course these sayings did not come from Master P or Tupac or maybe they'll challenge me on this but I know before I heard Heard it on those, yeah. you know, those songs or those tracks, it was a part of the community. Mm -hmm. And so for me, 
how to make a dollar out of 15 cent was it was the what I call the Susie Orman of like the deep south where I grew up. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was your financial literacy. That was my financial literacy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And so it really did shape me to the point where um, when I went to college and, and really more so grad school, mm-hmm. right? Um, I grew up very, 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 um, let's just say very humble beginnings, mm-hmm. right? And so when I went off to school, this is a true story. Um, my mom gave me about $60 to open up a bank account, mm-hmm. and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. That was it. That yeah. was it. Yeah. And so it pretty. it's very remarkable that I ended up here living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, and my, my beginning of starting off my professional journey, which was college, was with a bank account with $60 in it. So you had to learn how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. 15 cents, make a dollar holler. Yeah. Like all of those things. And so when I was in college, I remember like the struggle of our graduate school. You know, you're a little older, you wanna kinda hit the scenes, be out there. It was Atlanta, it was yes. hot Atlanta, yes. right? And so I remember from a social um, from a social perspective, every time I would go out, I gave myself a $20 limit. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know what inflation is on that today. Are we talking about $100, $200 on that? I hope not. I hope you can still go somewhere for <laughs> 20 bucks. You cannot go anywhere for 20 bucks. <laughs> to challenge that like where where could you go not for in boston dollars? no then i would just do free things to do in boston okay i'm, I'm not, not sure <laughs> I'm not listen sure. y'all y'all have to i think you can still do some stuff for free now okay. eating is a so whole that's yeah that, if you want to yeah. eat that's a whole different thing and don't even start on a drink because that's that's barely that's, enough to yes. have a drinking tip we're talking about coffee shop experiences yes yes okay but, but i put the 20 dollars that that resonates with me that's about a limit that yeah was, that's what i did that was right it. Mm-hmm. and i so that came because from a very early age i realized that i did not have tons of resources yeah. right and that with the resources i did have I had to figure out how to leverage them in order to propel me forward, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's just like a little story about how I did that. But my whole life, quite frankly, is a testament of that very early saying about how to make a dollar out of 15 cents. Mm -hmm. Every decision that I have made in my professional journey, in my um, academic journey, um, my like financial investments, all of that goes back to that one saying, um, because I knew that I didn't have those individuals in my life that said to me, oh, Monika, I just, yes, that's brilliant. I'm going to just invest in whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, That's not how that worked for particularly people like myself or people that come from a background that just you're not surrounded by other people with lots of resources. Mm -hmm. So you have to be really strategic and be very conscious about every single dollar that you spend. I agree. And I think that the way that showed up for me is in this hyper awareness about the earning potential of the profession that I chose. And Mm. so I knew from an early age that I wanted to go into education. Yep. And because I had lots of educators in my family, it's like, well, you know, we don't earn a lot. This is true. But we're comfortable. They all had their own homes and, you know, they had enough. Right. But it was also very clear, but you don't earn a lot. So the the 
place in my life where I remember making the the first major financial decision where there was an opportunity cost. In other words, there was something that I wanted Mm. that was more expensive than another choice. And I chose the more affordable, practical, you know, choice and gave up the 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 other opportunity and that was my college decisions yeah, you know college yeah. going and i think that is still true for a lot of people who are looking for the most affordable and accessible college option um and i i did make a decision early on to attend an hbcu and i remember our guidance counselor i can't remember her name but my high school guidance counselor essentially telling me you will get zero scholarships because Ooh. they have no scholarships to give hbcus yeah. don't give scholarships mm-hmm. so i think you should apply to these particular schools so i wanted to attend spelman my mother's a spelmanite I have several other family members who are spelmanites and so i wanted to attend and uh you know i knew my family couldn't afford it in terms of paying outright. We would have had to take out loans, you know, parent loans, personal loans, these signs of the and at the time the it would have probably been about eighty five to hundred K. Yeah. So I know that doesn't sound like necessarily a lot back in the day, but for me that was a lot. So yeah. the way our family philosophy around um spending was like just don't go into debt. It was a lot yeah. of hyper awareness about not owing anybody yep. anything and um, being practical and yeah. prudent. Like, yes, you could have, you know, a caddy, but do you need that? We're going to buy a Ford. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yes, so yes, yes. I think those things. Uh, so anyway, long story short, I chose Fisk University. I'm so happy I chose Fisk. Go Bulldogs. In the moment when I was making those decisions, it was a financial decision. Yeah. And I did mourn that opportunity to go away uh, to school and I was like well no matter what because I did I did receive a tuition scholarship so just so y'all know HBCUs do have scholarships they do offer scholarships so we don't want to perpetuate that myth they do offer scholarships and acronym moment historical Historical black Black colleges colleges and universities universities. they do (laughs) offer scholarships so I was not given good information by the guidance counselor to just blanketly you know let those schools go or write them off because I wasn't going to receive financial aid. Um, you know, so the point is that I went to Fisk University, had my little six weeks, probably the first six weeks I was like moping around. But after that, it was on and popping. You yeah. know, I had a great experience, met people from all over the world, not just, you know, from all over the the diaspora expanded my my boundaries probably learned a whole lot of sayings I need to actually think about new sayings that I learned in college and I made a prudent decision and came out with very little debt I did still had some because I chose to live on campus and my scholarship was a tuition scholarship and I said look I'm willing to take that I'm willing to take on that scholarship I'll write that promissory note so I can have an on-campus experience but it was a choice that I made and in retrospect I appreciate the lessons that I learned I think it was a great long-term benefit for me that I did not, I was not um, under this debt burden. And so I paid off my student loans by 26. Yeah, good for Even you. Even though I was yeah. in grad school, I would just pay a little bit, pay a little bit. I didn't have that much. I had some, but not, not a lot. And so I think that, you know, in the context of a cultural system that's been inequitable, where yes. most of, most people, um, 
of color, whether it don't matter what color you are, but most black and brown folks, you know, Asian folks, we do not have that the resources because we worked for free for 400 years. Yes. Not because we were yes. not smart and entrepreneurial yes. and because we all don't know how things. to save and all yes. of these things that people place on us. Yep. There's, there's structural inequity. There's a whole reason. And that means that we do have to make money last. Yes. And wait, can I just take a moment? I just want to just celebrate you, Aisha, um, because a lot of times when people get to the stage in their lives and their careers, or let me take a step back, when they get to the place where they have to choose where to go to college, right? Whew, the pressure around that is just remarkable. Mm-hmm. And since I've moved here to Cambridge and the Northeast, it is really um, the pressure is immense. Yes, you know this is Ivy League country. For mm-hmm. those that do not know, there's you you twirl around three times, you're gonna hit at least five Ivies, right? <laughs> you know around here. So what I want to say, and I want people to um, take away, whether you are a parent that is in the process of coaching your children to move to the next phase in their career, or if there are young people that listen to this that whatever your decision is, trust yourself to be able to care for yourself, to be able to get to the place that you want to be. Regardless. Regardless. Like at the end of the day, like it feels like the most um, consequential decision. That's right. At that moment, but fast forward to where Aisha and I are now. We here. We here. (laughs) This woman is the president of a college people. Yeah. Yes. So just that's a side note. No, it is true. It is true. You're going to get where you're going to get. What God has for you is for you. You know, it's not it's not predicated on pedigree. It really isn't. No. It's predicated on, you know, the best options for you at the time. And, you know, you have to own your choices and I do think own your choices and then also give yourself the opportunity to celebrate them yes. and you know fine you make tough decisions wish it wasn't the that way all of those things feel all of those feelings I felt yes. all of those feelings and they're real and they are real feelings yeah. right and I you know I, and I I do even as I had the experience that I have and, and, and same for you, you know, part of me, I, I do want to be able to kind of give my kids like, oh, you can go anywhere. But then another part of me is actually, no, we're going to have some conversations about budgets and, yes. and you know, long term aspirations to the extent that you know them when you're 16, which I think is a whole other thing that we like. Why do we expect it's people a lot of who pressure are 16 to know? To, I know. Right. So we're going to have all of these kinds of conversations and. I will, I do think it's important to bring in some context about, look, if we're looking about, we're trying to make <laughs> make these dollars stretch. Money doesn't grow on trees. They do not. Yeah. There is a responsibility, I think, that the next generation has to say, listen, if you do this, there's more money for X and yes. Y. Yeah. And it's not just about keeping it in the parental pockets. It was more money for myself. And that was a conversation for, for my own future. Right. Yes, so indeed. that then enabled me to purchase a home sooner than I might have been able to yeah. if I had had these debt burdens. So while it seems like your choices might be foreclosed in the moment, you're saving so that you can have more choices in the and future. Later. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that. What is that saying? It's uh, it's not a saying. What is that called? Delayed gratification. Yes. Yes. So Aisha, I want to come from it from a different perspective because um, so, you know, my background, you know, I I grew up very, you know, just poor. 
Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this. She doesn't like me to say the P word, but it's I Paul. can tell you're struggling. With I that. am struggling. I'm very humble, and I grew up, you know. I struggle with the whole conversation, so it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, and I don't talk about this public, I also had an undiagnosed learning difference, and it wasn't diagnosed until my last year of graduate school, which oh, is grad school. Grad that school. Like so that's a long, it is a long time. time. Yep. And so I mastered the strategies, the workaround strategies. Not uncommon in our communities. No, I know it's not. several other people who was like not until they got to medical school did they yeah did they learn yeah and so as a result I I had I was I had the the grades to get into college mm-hmm. but I did not have the grades to get consistent scholarships. Oh, that's the difference it made. I yes, see. okay. So there's so many young people out there, or people in general, right? And I and I'm very curious to hear if this resonates with other people, that because of like just life circumstances, mm-hmm. that you have to sign the note when yeah. you go to college and take out those loans. Mm-hmm. And so, what I struggle with sometimes in the in the public sphere around how we have these conversations around um, debt. Debt in and of itself is not a bad thing. Right. Right. But what I learned as I was doing my kind of passion going back to like, you can do and be whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. No, you need to think about it. <laughs> and you need to think about the things that as you take out debt, what will then repay you. Right. And so one of the reasons that I am not in a pulpit right now is because by my um, last year of um, divinity school, I did a joint master's degree in urban policy and divinity because I saw the writing on the wall. Wall, <laughs> I was like trusting my inner voice to say, "No, you need a backup plan here." Yeah. So when I saw what happened to women, particularly, I'm ordained in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, right? When I saw where they go, right, they get sent to like Willacoochee, Georgia. I was going to say the podunk. I'm sorry if you live in a small, sorry, but the places yeah. that don't have, places they don't that do have, not have, have the resources, right? To compensate exactly. you monetarily. Exactly. Yeah. And so what happens to women in ministry, um, you then are put in a position where you go somewhere, you get paid a very minimal salary. Right. Then you have to get another job to then take care of yourself. Then you have these student loans, right? Yeah. So when I started to put it all together, I was like, yeah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> and I started to make those decisions from a financial perspective right. that would set me up for success. Because the reason you go to college is, yes, for passion. You want to be fulfilled. And I think we talked about this on our last episode yeah. around the privilege around all of that whole right, conversation. Right. But you go to college to then position yourself to be in a better financial situation. Yes, to earn. To, to earn, earn a living, money to earn and a, a living, living at a different rate. And to build wealth. Yeah. Right. And so when I started to get that understanding and really build off of this saying you got to make a dollar out of 15 cents right and so it turned in from it turned from like a dollar out of 15 cents to thousands of dollars with my student loan debts <laughs> no it's true and you, you know, know i had a similar recognition and i think that's what was happening you know at, at 17 years old was listen my family already said educators don't make that much money right so why come out burdened burdened? and I didn't know how much they made it's not like I circled back and said exactly how much is it and how much I didn't do that I just took them at their word to say you know I understand they don't make they don't earn that much and then when it came time for graduate school as I progressed in my career you know seeing what what you know the the compensation was for for adjuncts and seeing how many people this was in the early 2000s were moving into adjunct careers 
it's like, you know what? This isn't as stable as I thought it was. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is nice work if you can get it, but not everybody gets it. And if you don't, you have to be able to pivot your skill set to a non-traditional academic career. You have to be able to think about, you know, other pathways for yourself so that you can be independent and uh, and save. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is it's interesting the way in which the common terms, the proverbs even though, you know, actually Susie Orman was big and so was Dave Ramsey in Nashville around the time that I was in college and 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 certainly graduate school. So that was accessible because, you know, she would just be on television, you know, I, telling I, I you all her. these things, right? Yeah. Just bringing it to the people, to the masses. I appreciate that. But even before that, I was not conscious of Susie Orman at 17 years old no, when me, I was like either. sitting at my grandmother's yes. kitchen table like, dang, I really want to go to Spelman, but that ain't going to happen. But you knew how to make a dollar But I knew <laughs> and nobody, no yes. one made me do it. It wasn't like my, my parents and I appreciate that about them. My grandparents, they didn't say, girl, you better tell that. They did not do that. They let, they let me navigate and negotiate that yeah, and I yeah. think that that it all permeated from these kinds of sayings you know yeah you know how do you make um a dollar out of 15 cents you know so folks folks were depositing in us what they knew how to deposit yeah and 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 how to preserve right yeah. their 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 lives their livelihood their families mm-hmm. right and so you know as we evolved as it relates to our opportunities for me that that came along with me right and so for a person that had to take on the debt right then I had to figure out okay this is my reality it is what it is yes I'm still paying on my student loans shout out there to everybody that's still paying on it right that's right and and yes I had that debt and I was still able to build a career I'm not going to say it wasn't painful it was painful at times there were moments when I would just curl up in a ball and and I just couldn't see my way out but I went back to that saying and just started thinking strategically about how do I position myself to earn more money and in addition to that then I got to a place where I'm like okay how do I leverage my resources to then build wealth right because those are two different conversations that is you know and so I am I'm grateful that I am in a place on my journey to be in a leadership role that then allows me to be able to care for myself but also to be in a position to then build wealth for my family and shout out to Master P hats off to him because this is what he was talking about it is what he was talking about listen you know you gotta have money your money working for you making money while you sleep like those kinds of concepts like what does that mean it's just enough to pique your curiosity to understand what is an income stream what is he talking about with all these businesses you know what what is this hustle about and really you know it's about what you just shared yeah and Aisha knows this and everyone close to me know that I struggle when it comes to like the whole like rap industry I'm one of those like old school people I hate hearing the n-word do not I don't want to hear the b-word and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. right but once you kind of give yourself permission (laughs) to move past that stuff that you struggle with because you just you know it's like one of those sayings you eat the meat and you spit spit out out the bones bones. yeah Yeah. so listen to that one (laughs) um once I gave myself permission to do that when I was a kid like listening to this like yeah we're like dancing having a good time and I was always a feminist even at age 12 you know (laughs) 
the, his words, mm-hmm. Master P's words, my grandmama's words were being um, ingrained in me. Yeah. And it set me up to then be in the place that I am today, despite, you know, the not being diagnosed with a learning disability, despite the student loan debt. You know, I have been able to lean on that term that then guided me to Susie Armin. I love her. I like too. she's she's really helped me think about how to think about my finances mm-hmm. um, in a way. Um, but if it wasn't for how to make a dollar out of 15 cents yep. or make a dollar holla, I would have never gotten to Susie. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, I think it made it made it cool. It made it cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah. And so <laughs> everyone out there, just think about how do you make a dollar out of 15 cents and mm-hmm. how do you make a dollar holla um, and give yourself permission, you know, to pivot That's and right. do the things that you need to do to set yourself up for the success that you need and how you define success. Um, because your success may not look the way Aisha and I's look. It may not be the multimillionaires out there, but everyone has the opportunity to create and build for themselves when it comes to their finances. So define that for yourself, make your goals and go after them. Go get it. Yeah. Well, we will see you next time. Absolutely. And thank you thank for, you for listening, listening to, to Chili Grits to Chili, Podcast. Chili Grits Podcast. Out here having fun. Yes, Take indeed. Take care, y'all. Bye. Bye.